must not go back to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. That help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. I'm Dan, and we have a wonderful return guest with us who hasn't been on in a while. (laughs) Did you miss me? Hello. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been on a regular episode. And we're talking Chapter 9, The Writing on the Wall, which, when I read it again... Uh, I was kind of floored by how full this chapter was. Yeah, like, I was expecting it to be a big chapter because, you know, writing on the wall. We all know it's a big chapter if you've read it before, but it's even bigger than I remembered. It was fun to reread. And we were talking before uh, we started recording here that uh, you said you don't think Chamber of Secrets gets the credit it deserves for being such a full book. I Yeah, I do feel that way. I just think it's such an early book. It's obviously not as long as future books. But a lot happens to Harry, to the school. Yeah, I think, you know, people have always talked about Harry Potter takes a turn to a darker uh, subject matter. Yeah. And I think when people pick out which book that happens in, um, I think they forget about Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets is a dark book. It really is. In lots of ways. And we'll get to some of them a little later. But uh, yeah, so stick around for that conversation. (laughs) Um, Anyway. So uh, in a rare moment, J.K. picks up right where the left, last chapter left it off. It is a rare moment like, for her, yeah. No, no time jump. Uh, we've already had a time jump between chapters of like a month or a yeah. month and a half. Yeah. But this is immediately right where we left off. And they have, they're, so they're still standing at the wall. And all of the students rush in, all the teachers. Filch is slowly losing his mind. <laughs> oh, poor Filch. And uh, they get ushered into Lockhart's office <laughs> with his uh, likeness being sh- like just running out of their frames uh, because they're uh, caught with hair rollers and hair nets in their hair. Such a great image. Yeah, which, you know, we've had a lot of ghost questions in the last chapter. And in similar fashion, like... Do they paint those hair rollers in? Do they paint the hairnets in? Where do they get those from? So I had a thought on that, which is not a thought I had until you pointed out how did they get the hair rollers and the hairnets. I think Gilderoy himself like magicked in. Like, I think, yes, obviously there's a magic way of painting portraits so that they can move. But I think after that, Lockhart is so vain and wanted to make sure his portraits continued to look so perfect that he gave, somehow magic those rollers and hairnets in so that they can be used at night. And I mean, this isn't like totally crazy out of the realm of possibility. There is precedence. I won't spoil, but in future books, one of our beloved characters interacts with another portrait 
and blindfolds said portrait. So like clearly portraits can be affected by the real world. Yeah, in a rare moment, I have nothing to add to that. Boom. I, I, I Boom. agree. And the point that really sells me on it is Lockhart is that vain to do that. Exactly. <laughs> so, that's, that's where it's at. <laughs> so I don't have anything to add to that. So moving on. <laughs> Um, we learned that officially Filch is a squib, which is the magical mirror image of, uh, Muggleborn. Yes. Which is just so unfortunate. And it must be torturous for him working in a school that teaches magic that you can't really ever truly participate yeah. in. Which I think Ron points out. Yeah. Um, when he's explaining what a squib is. And that's probably why Filch is the way he is. I just, I guess I don't really understand, like, squibs and the quick spell course. I think you and Elizabeth have brought up the question of, like, is it just a scam? Is it just I a really con? I really think it is. These? I think it is, too. Because, like, yeah. Ron clearly states that squibs are people with no magical powers or magical abilities. So that's not something you can learn from a course. I'm like, that's sad. I feel bad for that. I'm like, well, that's so sad. People are scamming these squibs. Maybe that's why he feels such a connection to Mrs. Norris, is he tried the quick spell spell that turned that one wizard's wife into a yak. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's, that's why Mrs. Norris is the way she is. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so we learned that. And uh, now this scene is entertaining to me. Um, and it's probably not supposed to be entertaining. It's supposed to be an intense scene, but it's funny to me because you have Dumbledore, and you have McGonagall, <laughs> and you have Snape, and then you have Lockhart, and you have Dumbledore and McGonagall trying their best to deduce what's going on, and you have Snape in the background assumedly doing the same, yeah. and Lockhart is just spitballing... <laughs> Random words that I don't think have any actual no, meaning. He has no idea what he's even saying. It, You're the geography nerd. It's that place that he brought up even a real place. It no. was like some O word. I, I have no idea. I have never heard. I mean, it could be some Eastern European, very small village. But I think that's the point is that it's supposed to be like, yeah, it, it exists. You don't have to go double check it and find it on a map. It exists. It definitely is a thing. Anyway... Um, clearly the odd one out in the room. Well, and he would, would he be there if his office wasn't the closest? No, I don't think the others would really put up with no. his presence. Definitely not. And I'm honestly impressed that the three of them are as patient as they are with him <laughs> until he steps over a line and wants to do the, the, uh, the potion. Oh yeah. The restorative potion. Yeah. And Snape's like, uh, what? <laughs> no. No, bro. Not gonna happen. Oh, yeah. Snape says bro. 100%. <laughs> He's a very bro dude. <laughs> um, no, but I, I like it where Snape's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. No, I'm gonna do the potion. Not that he really even needed to say that, but... But it's also a very Snape thing to just, like, slide in there. Like, I am the potions master of this castle. It's, I think, an aggressive way to mask some of his insecurities, quite honestly. Snape? Yeah. 
of like, no, 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 I'm really good at this. Oh, mine. Yeah. Yeah. This is mine. If I get one thing, this is it. True. Um, so yeah, he's wonderful at it. So he deserves to have that job. Uh, I do enjoy the Snape McGonagall back and forth <laughs> that they have. Agreed. Because uh, it has nothing, it, they take like a step away from everything that's going on and just have their own separate side conversation about Quidditch. Well, and I think it's funny because it, I don't think it stood out to me ever before, but maybe just because I'm older, it stood out to me like McGonagall doesn't really say much. Like it's pointed out that she's looking closely at Mrs. Norris and trying to help and obviously she's there, but she doesn't really speak or offer up very much until... Whoa now, don't be touching my seeker. <laughs> like, so it made me giggle. Do you think she's taken a particular interest in this because she has an affinity for cats? No. No, not at all? No. Has nothing to do with it whatsoever? No, she's the deputy headmistress. I know, she I'm was, just saying, she literally changes into a cat. She doesn't care about Mrs. Okay. Norris. Right. Maybe if it was a cat other than Mrs. Norris. Fair enough. Um, we will return to this conversation, though, in the spoiler section, because there's more to kind of deep dive in on that conversation and, true, true. and all of that going that on. Scene. Um, Ron, uh, oh, Ron, then has a wonderful, wonderful, poignant line, uh, to Harry where, and I could hear him saying this, even though he doesn't actually say it. That's uh, the beauty of Ron and the books. Yes. Uh, he's, no, hearing voices no one else can isn't a good sign even in the wizarding world. Which, as we know, as many of his lines are, said by Hermione in the movies. Which we've gone over in the past, and I don't know, the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced it's just an Emma Watson versus Rupert Grint thing. But And I get, I mean, that's what it has to be. But I... I guess that makes me even more frustrated because Rupert Grint in those first two movies like I'm not saying he didn't act well in the later movies but those first two movies like he really like he was good that when they were actually giving him material he was almost the most Ron he ever was exactly because he was actually given Ron material if they hadn't taken that away and given it to Emma Watson uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love Emma Watson. I'm not trying to say I don't. That she doesn't wasn't fantastic, but I don't understand why they felt like Rupert couldn't have delivered on those lines. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about it now, and I'm just thinking like, and now he wasn't given a chance to. So I mean, there's that. But I feel like later movie Rupert Grint could have delivered the line better, or at least this particular line mm-hmm. better than early movie Rupert Grant. Like, I don't see that version of him delivering the line well. Does that make sense? I don't know. That's just... I mean, I can see your point, but I just disagree with it. I can... I like can I said, part of it's just... tiny Rupert sassy grin. Yeah. And part of it's the picture that they've drawn of Ron yeah. in those movies that makes it hard for me to see that version of him being able to deliver a relatively serious line. Yeah. So... Anyway, we always have to point out when Ron gets shafted. Yes. Uh, so there's, <laughs> there's another example. People. Yep. Um, really quick, we just have to mention our namesake, Hogwarts of History. Yes. Hogwarts a podcast, 
Hogwarts, the history. It was mentioned in this chapter, so yes. Woohoo! Two-week waiting list! Yep. <laughs> it's a popular book. Uh, I should take this moment to thank all of our new followers on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> We're gaining traction ourselves in popularity, so hey, here, here. We won't make you wait two weeks. <laughs> no. Come join, follow us along right now. Um, special thank you to Elizabeth and you, Anna, for helping with the social media effort. Um, much thanks. But anyway, yes, Hogwarts of History is mentioned, therefore we must mention it. Going along, uh, before we get to Ben's class. Which I'm excited for. Which I'm very excited for, too. But they're having this discussion about homework. And Ron mentions that he's writing on a scroll and he, he needs to attain a certain uh, prerequisite, yeah. which is three feet of scroll that he has to write on this wizard convention. That's a lot. And it's just a weird measurement. I mean, I, it makes sense to me because they write on scrolls. So like, I, it stood out to me before in past reads where I'm like, oh, why do they have to use, like, I get ink and quill is cool and scroll paper is cool, but like, use a pen. It's so much easier. But anyway, um, what made me laugh was that he started talking about how the size of writing that Hermione's yes. was tiny and he was trying to write as big as he I got the could image in my head of like down. size 72 font <laughs> yes, of exactly, just like exactly um like do you remember in high school when we would have to like write papers and if you needed that little bit of extra you know length to your paper you could change the size of your periods <laughs> from your font and it would give you just like that little bit of extra length I like it yeah. I like it if anybody needs some tips. But anyway, sorry, I kind of derailed that conversation. Sorry. That's totally fine. Here's Anna's tips to cheating in school. <laughs> um, but uh, the professor that I believe assigned that was Professor Bins, right? Yeah. It was, a, yeah, the medieval, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So we get to Professor Bins' class. And it's, first off, I just wanted to take this kind of section out. Because I think so many people just take it for absolute fact. But here, it literally says the words, many people said. So it's literally hearsay about how he actually died and how he's still teaching and so forth, so on and so forth. I just thought it was an interesting thing because it's like... And I didn't even catch it until you pointed it out when we were talking about the chapter. So I actually, like, went and, like, did some Googling to mm -hmm. see if, like, Wizarding World or anywhere, like, had it, like, JK at some point Definitively came out Definitively said? Nope. Even Wizarding World, the phrase that they used talking about bins was, the story goes. Like, nowhere could I find, like, definitive confirmation that that's really how he died. Do we, and this might be getting into spoilers, but do we know when he exactly, like, when he died? Because he could have died pre all no. of our current teachers' tenures. You That's know what I'm saying? true. So it's not That's... like any of them would necessarily know. No, you're right. And I mean, like, I feel like they gave a general. Because they mentioned, like, Hogwarts and how long Hogwarts has been a thing. Approximately. They call him ancient. Yeah, no. It's just an interesting no... kind of, like,. So many people said, quote unquote. Yeah. So we don't technically. Do the teachers even know? 
And like, can you fire a ghost? Because I was thinking about this. I'm like, <laughs> history of magic could be such a cool subject. Like some it of the could. things that he's talking about, I would love that class. But he's such a bad, and he's even could be a good teacher. Like when he's talking about the myth, quote unquote, of the Chamber of Secrets. He clearly knows the information. He's not reading off of his notes. He could be such a good teacher. And he's so bad. Can we fire him? <laughs> That's my question. Uh, and why don't we? I mean, the answer for that, I guess, might be a spoiler. But Dumbledore clearly, with Filch, has a soft spot in his heart for staff members. Okay. So, I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. But, like, this is, like, actually affecting children's education. Uh, also, for those that don't know, Anna has a very steeped history in <laughs> history. So Guess who was going to be a history teacher? Maybe that's why I feel so passionately yes. about uh, this. She has a particular affinity for that subject. So, <laughs> if you're wondering where this comes from, that's where. Um, but... Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I just thought of that little uh, snippet and just thought it was insanely interesting because everybody just takes it for absolute fact. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, uh, another absolute fact that's also not exactly a fact is Hogwarts founded over a thousand years ago, but no one really knows exactly when. Yep. Also very interesting, considering it's kind of a thing, and those right. wizards are kind of important people. Well, and you would think that you could at least ask the sorting hat. You think? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe that hat's got one too many like rips in it, and it's just like Aww. I'm I'm, I'm just here to sing my song, like and it, yeah. it's taking every ounce of effort just to come up with this annual poem. So, they are really good. He does a very good job. But anyway, uh, yeah. So that was an interesting thing. Uh, I guess this is the first time, and this is a stupid thing to realize for the first time. But there's just so much alliteration yeah. in this book alone. Like, obviously, all of Lockhart's books. Oh, my God, yeah. Waka Waka Werewolf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one. Uh, and then, it, literally, in this uh, chapter, he's trying to teach about uh, Sardinian sorcerers. And there's another S word in there or something. Mm, yeah. But he's trying to teach that. And then, obviously, all of the Hogwarts founders. Yeah are alliteration names. Which I've always liked, but only with them. I guess it's just hit me extra hard with all of the alliteration in this particular yeah. book. I'm like, huh. That's fair. There's okay. a lot. But, uh, oh, it was a subcommittee on Sardinian sorcerers. There we go. That's That word. one didn't even stick out to me. Yeah, it was just boom, boom, like right in a row. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway. Um, also, I found it interesting that there was a lot of founder drama. Dude, I would. This whole scene with Bins is actually one of my favorite. And yes, the founders, the stuff we find out about the founders is part of the reason for that. Like their drama, like. So they were obviously the heads of houses. And I assume they taught subjects. Right. And were they just co headmasters and headmistresses of so. the because there wasn't well, one and that they dominated. Also, did you catch the line where it was talking about um that they would like seek out young people with potential magical abilities? Like mm -hmm. it may I got the impression that the four founders were like actually going to these young people and like recruiting them themselves. 
And, nope. and like, what advancements were made in magic that, like, Hogwarts can now just, like, send out letters and, like, identify the magical people that way, whereas the founders, these, like, great big magical people had to, like, go look for people of magical... Well, they also mentioned how the time of the founding, magic was not well-liked. True. So they were persecuted for that. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's why they had to go out and search, specifically, because most people were in hiding. Not that they're not in hiding now, because they technically are from muggles, but it's a different hiding. True. Like, they have their own separate part of the world, I guess. True. In a weird way. Yeah. But not. I don't know. It's weird. It's complicated. true. So I took it that way, but anyway, um, the the founder drama, um, obviously Slytherin has a difference of opinion, and they're really trying to, J.K. is really trying to just dig into this Gryffindor-Slytherin rivalry, which I get, but obviously he broke away, which means he broke away from the other two as well. And it clearly states in there that Helga... And Rowena were not happy with him either. Correct. He broke from all three. Yes. And it is important to note that they also very formidable in their own right. Because like the way it reads here is just like, Gryffindor versus Slytherin. It's like, <laughs> no, the other two were pretty darn good at what they did too. Hence why they're in this foursome yeah. of witches and wizards. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I... I guess we can get really deep into the dynamics of why that might have happened that way. Uh, but anyway, why in history it goes down is Gryffindor versus Slytherin, and the other two kind of get left to the side of the big fight. Well, it but... did stay that kind of the fight that broke the camel's back and Slytherin finally left was whatever sort of disagreement with specifically Gryffindor. Yeah. But... It, so, anyway... We digress. Right. But but Professor Binns goes on and essentially tells the legend of the Chamber of Secrets. Quote unquote. Uh, which is a fascinating legend, which captures the attention of all of the students for the first time in possibly centuries. We have no idea. <laughs> in his class. So. I always love how he just gets the name so dramatically wrong as well. Oh, Penny Feather called? or something like that. <laughs> O'Flaherty was my favorite. O'Flaherty was good. Um, <laughs> he's close. He's in the ballpark. He's like an Irish name. It counts. So, anyway. Um, but no, he gets into this long history and he's just adamant that it's just legend because this idea that no everybody's searched headmasters and headmistresses throughout the centuries have searched ministry has come in and searched and no one's found anything and then all of the students bring up wonderful counterpoints yeah uh dean thomas throws in a great one hermione obviously, obviously. Just, and seamus has a good good one too right i thought so yeah so i mean you have all of the students chipping in really good counterpoints yeah. and he just gets frustrated i do like the line that he said though of just because a uh, wizard doesn't use dark magic doesn't mean they yes. can't use dark magic, which is honestly a really good sharp comeback from yeah, Professor Pins. It is. Out of nowhere, he's probably like, this is the first time I've had to actually <laughs> engage in any sort of <laughs> debate with anyone in however long. Which is probably why he shuts it down pretty quick and gets angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, there's uh, 
I don't know. I'm rambling. Do you have anything from, from like Finn's class that... Um... Well, you brought up like his point of all these people who searched and searched for mm-hmm. the chamber. And I do have a further thought on that, but it's kind of spoilery. Um, okay. So I'll bring it up later. Fair enough. Uh, but after this whole um, drama in the classroom ensues... We, I guess, really officially meet. We've we met yes. her before in the, the Death Day Party chapter. But, this but is now it's like the real introduction. Yes. Yeah. Uh, to Moaning Myrtle. <sighs> so special. Um, and we promised that Chamber of Secrets gets dark. Yeah. It gets dark with this conversation. So, like, throw away dark. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It's alarming how it's just tossed out there. Mm-hmm. And then just thrown away. Yeah. It, it's... It, it, so what ends up uh, saying is that encounter that she had with Peeves in the Death Day party made her so distraught that she went back to her bathroom and tried to kill herself. Before she remembered she was already dead. That's an insanely dark thought. And just a thing to throw into... Well, and then I'm trying to find the exact... I, I should have marked the page, and I didn't. But when she says it, and she doesn't finish... Ron finishes. sentence, Ron finishes it. And, okay, much as I love Ron, you know, his emotional range. And, like, I kind of got the impression he was kind of, like, biting back a laugh as he finished her sentence. I feel like it almost does kind of come off as I don't want, I really hesitate and want to use the word I don't want to use the word humorous moment. No, that's how I that's how I took it as how it was trying to be presented to us. Yes. Like it wasn't trying to be presented as the dark super concerning moment. It is. Like it doesn't matter that okay, Myrtle's a ghost. No harm came to her. That's not the point. It should have been... It's dark. It's awful. And I get that humor is a coping mechanism and a technique for writing and such. But I just... It bothered me the way it was presented to us as like a humorous moment. And I just think, you know, maybe J.K. Rowling has shown her true colors, you know, recently. In the past couple of years, really. And I think there's more... Rereading these books now, she started showing her true colors long before, I think, any of us realized. You know, you and Elizabeth did a job of talking about how these books really encapsulated love, and that's how I always took them, and that's why I love them so much. And I struggled a lot with how did JK write these, and, you know... We can see it more than I realized. Yeah, with this, and like I said, it could just be a a poor way for her to kind of illustrate this conversation or however she wanted to present it. But it does sort of show, not sort of, it shows kind of a lack of sensitivity to um, mental illness and depression and anxieties. And obviously Myrtle goes on and talks about, like, 
briefly, but she talks about how everyone always comes over to her and has a disparaging comment or a joking comment, making fun of her or saying that she's such a miserable entity to be around and it's never changed. It's been that way for her entire experience. So it's, and even Hermione just kind of tosses it away Yeah. of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to the point. Right. Yeah. And it's a, and I get it. You hear it, you know, day after day with her because she's there every day, all day, all the time. And you kind of do get numb to it, I guess, if you're a student. Sure. Uh, and you're there all the time. Um, and, I mean, realistically, she is a ghost. It's like, right. what what are you going to do at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there's an undertone of how you deal with someone who is struggling. Right. And, you know. At this point, we don't know how Myrtle died. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we don't know, and that's... Uh, yeah, I just... And, it, you know, we've talked about how Peeves is such an interesting character. Mm. And brings such levity, generally, yeah. to the series. And how it's a shame that he wasn't portrayed in any of the movies. movies yeah. Um, but, at the same time, you get a look here of, like, no, he can be... The cruel. Awful. Yeah. Really, really awful. And he doesn't seem to know and or care. No. And it's one thing when he's, like, pelting chalk at, whatever, first years or making a mess for Filch to have to clean up. We just talked about Filch having a torturous existence Mm -hmm. at Hogwarts, dealing with something that he can never really achieve. And now here's Peeves making his life that much worse on a daily basis. No wonder he wants to get him out of the castle so bad. He's not wrong about it either. Yeah. I mean, really. So it's... I mean, like, what if... I was to say Peeves doesn't pick on alive students. Like, he picks on Myrtle. Oh, you know 100%. I mean? Like, oh, if somebody said whether he's a poltergeist or a real person, if somebody said those types of things to me when I was 12 years old, oh my god. Yeah. And I didn't have my parents to go cry to. It, it just And, like, affirm that you're not any of those things? It just raises a lot of larger questions. Yeah. Uh, and none of them are great. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the unfortunate thing. But, so, I mean, we're obviously drawing a lot out of a relatively small, like you said, a shockingly throwaway yeah. line. Um, but obviously you know how we feel about that yes. line. Um, if you have any thoughts about it, or if you've ever had that uh, thought about that line, being like, whoa, that's kind of weird or Mm. aggressive or just a misrepresentation of how that conversation should go let us know uh but yeah uh, there was you know other parts to that conversation with myrtle obviously i got a little bit more of her background and um they the all three characters i met her now instead of hermione alone um and now they found their location uh, to kind of hide out because no one else is going to go in that bathroom. <laughs> so, and it's kind of a dilapidated, I mean, just the bathroom in itself is yeah, a depressing place to be. Really run down. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, on that wonderful note, yeah, we should probably so nice. pause here and 
Sorry, it's such a dark break point. Yeah. Well, you're going to get Lockhart here in a second. So <laughs> it'll be a very sharp switch of tone. Uh, so enjoy that random switch up. And we'll be right back with the spoiler section. Amazing! This is just like magic! This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed the Lockhart bring you back up from the downer that we had and we're back. <laughs> Uh, again, I want to thank everybody that has uh, kind of joined the bandwagon, started following us on Twitter and Instagram. It's been great to see kind of the boost in support. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. And part of that is some of the polls that we put out on our Twitter. Uh, please feel free to kind of go back and look at some of the polls that we've done and join in on some of the polls that we are going to do. But some of the, the last two polls that we had out there was, uh, where would you rather spend your time? The Borough, or Hogwarts. And 73% said Hogwarts. I mean, it's a castle. Yeah, I think the argument for the Borough is just that oh, family home environment. And yeah, so I'm wondering if people just chose Hogwarts because the quote-unquote magic and the beauty and the, you know, and yeah, it's cool to explore on your own because, you know, remember requirement and all these types of things but um yeah i'm i'm just surprised at the disparity yeah true not not necessarily the hogwarts one but just the like was molly the only person who voted for the borough <laughs> i honestly don't even remember what i voted for at this point it was it was a minute ago i think i voted for the borough too though Aww. um just because it's just a cool it's a fun place oh yeah and with people, like I said, transient people just walking in and out and just, you know, whatever. I don't know. And I'm also thinking of the Burrow, like, later in the books, too, with literally the cavalcade of characters that you when have it, like, coming in and out of the becomes the headquarters of the Yeah. The it's just yeah. such an interesting place to be. Sure. But anyway. The other poll question was, which detention is worse? Cleaning the trophy room with Filch or answering fan mail with Lockhart? I do remember what I chose for this I one. I don't remember what I chose for this one. I chose answering Lockhart fan mail. Because even though Filch might be tougher to put up with, at least you're doing something different. Whereas, like, you're seeing trophies, you're physically doing something, like, a little bit different on each trophy or whatever. Whereas with Lockhart, you're sitting there for four hours writing the same general message over and over but and over again. But you're doing it while having to listen to Lockhart. That's true. That's, That's why true. I think I initially was going to pick... Detention with Lockhart, because I don't mind cleaning. I actually find it very soothing. And Lockhart. But then, like, do you really trust Filch to not keep you there all night until, like, your hands are burning with magical cleaning solution? So that's why I can't remember what I actually am Well, I definitely picking. don't trust Lockhart, because he'll just lose track of what time it is, as he did. And, oh, that would just be... Harry still made it back before Ron. That is true. That is true. But... Uh, speaking of Lockhart, and we're going to go back to that scene in Lockhart's office for a second. 
And uh, there's an interesting interaction between Harry and Snape where Snape is like, he does the old, uh, you know, the switch up on him. He's like, <laughs> you know, Professor, uh, maybe he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. However, Insert smirk. <laughs> yeah, it is curious as to why he wouldn't be at the feast and blah, 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 blah. And uh, essentially, uh, Snape catches Harry in this lie mm. and he knows it. Snape knows oh, yeah. he's lying. Uh, doesn't have to use Jillman's to figure this out. It's an <laughs> obvious lie as Ron's stomach gives it away. Um, Ron backed him up, man. Ron, Ron did. No hesitation. Yeah, that's, we weren't that, hungry. That, uh, ride or die right there. That's, that's <laughs> your ride or die. Ron. But And Harry takes this like such great offense. It's like, how dare you question me? <laughs> Even though you're 100% right, I'm full of it right now. But anyway. Um, so he catches him in the lie, and I believe you had a wonderful question about this encounter. Well, I just, like, I just got to thinking. And maybe, who knows, if it hadn't been Snape who caught them out in the lie, maybe Harry would have given it up. Or if he wasn't there altogether. Right, exactly. (laughs) But, like, how different would this book, and even farther into the Harry Potter universe... How different would it all have gone if Harry had told them right then and there about the voice and that that's why they were running up to that corridor? And I have some thoughts, but go for it. Okay. I mean, my first reaction to that is um, (laughs) I think Dumbledore and Snape, despite themselves, they're very good at not showing reactions. Mm -hmm. Either of them, very plain-faced. Yeah. But I think it would be darn near impossible for them not to just side glance at each other of like oh shoot (laughs) okay Snape and McGonagall yes I don't think Dumbledore would oh I think he knows about that trait right that's what I mean like that's why Dumbledore right away would I don't think McGonagall would know oh you mean side eye you don't mean side eye like thinking Harry's crazy no I think that the connection of like what that could mean Of like, oh, wait, if he could potentially, if we think this is this, and he can hear this, oh boy, like, we've got a problem here. Right. And McGonagall might not be clued in at that moment, and Lockhart sure would not be the Dark Lord. Lockhart would probably just think he's completely, like, insane. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I'm sure McGonagall would be concerned. Yeah. But how would it change the universe Obviously, it would probably kick things off quicker. How do you think Dumbledore would treat it? As like, do you think he'd do you think he'd let Harry in on more of the story? Yeah. Mm-mm. Do you think he'd shelter him more and close him off? Like, I don't want to say overreact. Like, just be like. Uh, keep a closer eye on him than he already is? Well... Although, arguably, he's keeping a very close eye on him anyway. He's got Well, arguably, maybe he does. That's a point I hadn't thought of, that maybe he would shut out Harry more like he did in Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, that's true. And that, and that's... And that would harm Harry and Harry's growth, because, I mean, where does his loyalty from to Dumbledore grow if Dumbledore shuts him out that early? And that trust. 
Yeah, they haven't started that relationship nearly enough yet. Because then that could directly affect Prisoner of Azkaban. Because does Dumbledore then trust Harry enough to be put in that kind of position uh, with Peter Pettigrew and... Or you mean like sending him back in time? Yeah. True. Does he trust him enough to Mm. kind of send him on that mission? If he now... Well, I mean... Well, by that point, I think... He starts... Dumbledore is already seeing that part. The connection kind of shape. Because... So this is where my mind went. Does he already have that theory, though? This is when Dumbledore gets the theory. So this is where I thought it would affect the universe. Because if Harry tells them right away about this voice, maybe that jump starts Dumbledore's thinking of what the monster of Slytherin could be. You know, like, okay, this voice is slithering around, a voice only Harry can hear, snake, creature, something inside the castle. Maybe he gets to the conclusion it's a basculus sooner. So on the more immediate low end side of the spectrum, maybe not as many people are petrified. Maybe they defeat the basculus sooner without Harry getting stabby stabbed. But also, if that's how it happens, if Dumbledore takes out the basilisk instead of Harry, does Ginny ever lose the diary? Does Ginny just continue to pour herself into this diary? And what effect does that have on her? And then is that Horcrux ever destroyed? And if that Horcrux is never destroyed, does Dumbledore ever even find out about the Horcruxes? Because this is when Dumbledore starts to think about the Horcruxes is when Harry destroys the diary. Nobody knew about the Horcruxes before the diary. That's true. Dumbledore starts to figure out, like, this is extremely dark magic. He tells him what Harry had witnessed, what Ginny had experienced. And Dumbledore does form that theory of, like, oh, this is a level of magic, like, way above. And so maybe that's when he starts to think, okay, is this why Harry's a farceltan? So, like, maybe that part of it always happens if Harry admits it? It's interesting to try to figure out how much Dumbledore knew and when. Yeah. And, like... I mean, he flat out admits he didn't know about the Horcruxes before the diary was just Sure. I mean, like, let's just take a second and... You know, Dumbledore gets built up to be this all-knowing, all-powerful yes. character. Yes, he he's does. not. Yes. He's fallible. He makes many mistakes throughout his whole life. Life and lives. And he makes many mistakes in the seven years, six years that he knows Harry. Mm-hmm. So that he kind of cops to at different points later in the whole series of like, yeah, I messed up. Yeah. I did not handle this well, or as well as it could have been. Snape calls him out on it at some mm-hmm. point of like... What are you doing, dude? Yeah. And, uh, wow, I've said, Snape said bro and dude in the same podcast. <laughs> you're, like, instead of turning him into emo snivelist, you're turning him into, like, surfer dude Snape. I know, whatever. It's fine, I'm rolling with it. But, uh, no, so, like, let's not pretend that Dumbledore is this infallible, perfect entity that always does the right thing. So, if he finds this out, you catch him at the wrong moment he could overreact or yeah. could misstep. Uh, and and does that eventually stop Voldemort from being defeated? Could. It, it's, uh, it's an interesting question that you bring up. And, you know, it also makes me think about, like, I have to believe that in the intervening time, people have, and we can get into the whole Myrtle situation 
as we learn more about Myrtle and her yes. role in this whole thing. Mm -hmm. But you have to believe in the intervening time. Had mistresses or had master, uh, one previous to Dumbledore and the one now, Dumbledore. They've had to interview the ghost of Myrtle about like, hey, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, true. How give me everything yeah. you can possibly recall that day up true. to the moment of your death. Especially Dumbledore, considering he had his suspicions about who... Like, he never believed it was Hagrid. Right. Yeah, that never made sense to him. Right. Um, so That's true. I never even thought about that. It's like, why wouldn't you utilize that source? And I don't know how... Because, you know, Myrtle... It happens so quickly. Yeah. And, you know, she stares up into the eyes and then right. it's just over. And I think that's what she'll eventually say is, mm -hmm. like, just eyes. And that's okay, but that should give you at least some indication of what you're dealing with, or where, or how, which is a great question to ask. It but is. you figure he would have asked that already right. previously. Even though he wasn't in charge at that particular moment, but he's not an idiot well, either. Well, I guess this is the first time the chamber has been reopened yeah. since that first time. So maybe you just put it on the back burner of concern. He's like, it's not a problem! <laughs> It's fine. Someone died. But it's not happening anymore, so it's fine. It's all good. Sweep that one under the rug. <laughs> Which might present a larger problem with Hogwarts as a whole of, like... I was gonna say, I feel like that's a very Hogwarts solution. It's a very Dumbledore solution. That's it, though. It's a very Dumbledore solution of sweeping some stuff under the rug to kind of just cover it up until the next thing. Yeah. Which is a problem. Yeah. And I get that he uses his greatness to excuse some of those cover-ups and be like, no, 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 I'm here, nothing would but actually happen. I feel happen. like his greatness could have very easily solved this particular problem. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, also, just technicalities as far as, um, <laughs> I guess the myrtle of it all is... <laughs> I'm, I'm spinning phrases today. It's wonderful. I'll call you DJ Dan. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so we had the question of what exactly happened if Salazar Slytherin was building this secret room, which is an accomplishment in its own right to keep it away from the three founders, founders that are accomplished in their own right. Uh, Ravenclaw specifically having, you know, the diadem and being like, particularly on top of it, yeah. um, hiding this away. But then, when this happens in, I believe, the 1950s, it would be, right? or the It would be the 1950s. When Myrtle died? Yeah. I think it would actually when Riddle was there. be... I thought the 1950s no, I think 40s. is when Myrtle... Or, I'm sorry, when Voldemort went to apply for the job. Yeah, that might be right. Because he was born in, like, 29 or something like that, right? So it'd be, like, late 30s, 40s? Something like that. That's fair. So anyway, it's, it's a long time, but there's one major invention that has happened between Salazar Slytherin and Tom Riddle's uh, attendance at Hogwarts. The invention of plumbing. So, and if... The, and again, we can get into this as more is learned about how this whole process is happening. But essentially, 
the basilisk is using the pipes yes. in Hogwarts, which, honestly, those must be the most massive pipes yeah. in the history of pipes. Yeah. Like, are we in a school, or are we in, like, some massive hydroelectric dam? Or, like, what are, where are we? That this, like, 50-foot-long serpent is able to... Whatever. Anyway. I digress again. But... It's using pipes, so... Going back to my thought of when we were talking about Ben's classroom... Yes. And all these people who went looking for the Chamber of Secrets. Okay, once the plumbing was put in, the people who actually put in the plumbing... How did they not find the Chamber of Secrets? Those pipes led directly to it. Well, I'm guessing there was some oversight of the people putting in the pipes. Well, not not only so here's here's the only explanation that I can even fathom to come up with. This is the only thing that would remotely make sense. Is that when the plumbing was this is my tinfoil hat. If there was ever, <laughs> I've said some weird, crazy, off the wall oh, stuff. Now. In this podcast, and I will defend most of it. This is just purely tinfoil hat. So ready for it. Me putting it on, and whatever. We're just going to go with it. Clearly, there had to be an inside man. <laughs> okay? There had to be an inside man. Who was a Slytherin. Who was a Slytherin. But not only that, they... Was it Marvolo gone? It had to be. Because here's the thing. <laughs> it had to be. It had to, it had to be. be. Because here's the thing. Not only do you have to have an inside man with the plumbing, you had to have... An inside parcel tongue? Yes! Exactly! Because that's the key to the damn thing. It's just tinfoil hat. It's like an inside job. It's like it's like a whole thing. But you had to because no, of the right. key to get I, in. Yeah, you're so it had to be... Well, and to stop all of those people from being killed by the creature. It's a long game, Like, man. hey, pop out! Eyes all dead. <laughs> it's a Slytherin long game, is what it is. It's like this... I, I'm sorry. I know this is getting off the rails, but honestly, the answer to the question that she just asked, which is a valid question, is a little off the rails. It's like there's only one... If you guys have another answer, please, we would love to hear it. But my tinfoil hat has to be the only actual real answer, right? I'm going to need you to put this tinfoil hat on more often from now on. <laughs> I will try to do my best. But, like, I, I've said I've said some weird stuff on this podcast that's off the wall, but this might be the weirdest thing. I mean, it also does make sense, though. Like, yeah, it sounds really goofy when you say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> when you actually think into all the details. Like, clearly J.K. was not thinking this in depth about the pipes when she wrote the book. But when you do, like, it, it makes sense. Like, there had to have been somebody covering up And now that you say Marvolo Gaunt, I'm literally picturing, know, right? like... I'm, like, imagining, like, a James Bond version of Marvolo Gaunt because you kept calling, like, the inside man and I'm, like, imagining this, like, tux not tuxedo-wearing, obviously, they're building pipes, but, like... This, like, secret agent. We need to get off of this, because I'm just going to spiral down into even more <laughs> conspiracy theories of the whole thing. Like, did Riddle get his idea for the diary? Because Slytherin has had a diary this entire time of, like, instructions to be, like, opening the chamber. That is probably 100% wrong. 
we need to get off this subject before I continue to spiral. And he found it in the locket! It was just a letter. It wasn't a diary, it was a letter. <laughs> Mind blown. Yep. You're all welcome. We've unlocked this whole thing. Uh, I am very curious to hear and read whatever thoughts all of you have listening to this. Uh, please hit us up. <laughs> I don't even know what we have next on the thing. Um, oh, I, I had a, a note about the Percy and Ron exchange about Ginny, which we could get into at least about how maybe they view Ginny. Uh, mm. They seem to come off as genuinely caring about her feelings, I guess, and how this all might be upsetting her. And well, they even find ways, like, they clearly know their sister. Yeah. And are thinking of those things they know about her, why she might be so upset. I'm going to reel back what I just said. And, I'm, yeah, I'm walking it back already. <laughs> and Ron, I think, genuinely cares. I think Fred and George genuinely care. Percy, I think, does care to some level. But Ron literally calls him out for being like, you don't really care. Yes, about Ron does do that. I mean, very bluntly, right to his face, which upsets Percy to yeah. a, a high degree, more than he was already upset. Um, but uh, there's a whole thing, and we've already discussed yeah. the Percy Weasley thing, so we'll, we'll leave that to be. But they're obviously very protective of Ginny, to say the least. Yes. Um, so it, it's kind of an interesting dynamic especially when they have zero idea of what is really going on, which means, do they really know Ginny at all? <laughs> like, Okay, coming from the perspective of being the youngest girl and only having brothers, like, brothers care and brothers do their best, but no, brothers are never going to really know exactly what's going on. It's just, at least, you know, we all love each other. But it just is what it is. It's an understandable thing to misinterpret. Because obviously a traumatizing thing has happened. She is a first year. First years get traumatized at Hogwarts. And they're doing their routinely. best. They're also young little boys. Yeah. Like, they're doing a much better job than I feel like most would expect of little boys to be trying to figure out what's going on with a little girl. The fact that they care is a testament to the strength of the Weasley family as a whole. And I... Okay, we all know I love Ron, but I, like, resent Ron for him, like, calling out Percy and trying to say he doesn't really care. And I know, who would have expected me to become this weird big advocate for Percy Weasley? Not me. But not <laughs> me either. But, like, maybe if any of his siblings had been any sort of kind or given any care or interest into Percy, he would show more care and interest in all of them. I gotta be real with you. Of all the things I've I've already said, I've said some weird stuff, and I just put on my tinfoil hat. Of all the things you've said on this podcast so far, that one shocks me the most, I that know. you're coming to Percy's defense. I don't really know why I'm doing it. Maybe I'm just trying to be ornery. I don't know. But I feel really passionately that <laughs> we have been giving Percy a bad rap on this podcast. Wow, you're really laying that down on an actual recording. Wow, okay. Yeah, there you go. Bring it on. It's fine. Interesting takes. I'm not saying he's by any means my favorite character, guys. I don't really care about Percy Weasley. 
And she gave me all this uh, stuff about defending Snape. You deserve Snape. all of the grief I gave you about defending Snape. That is a completely different situation. Really? Okay. Yes. Anyway, moving forward, um, we have another good chapter coming up next week for you. We have The Rogue Bludger. And it will be back for that one. So it'll be very exciting. So let us know what your thoughts are, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts a Pod.